0: The Film Board gathers the Gang of Thugs is here to take on a movie currently in theaters in this month, hey, do you ever wonder what it would be like if we all trusted AI? If we could work with these creations to build more great things to solve hunger and teach our children to work together in harmony well, wonder no more because Gareth Edwards thinks the Americans wouldn't be able to handle it and would just build bigger tanks. Welcome to the Creator.
2: When the war started protected me, took better care of me than humans would have. They're not people, Maya. It's just programming.
3: Ten years ago today, the artificial intelligence created to protect us detonated a nuclear warhead in Los Angeles.
1: This is a fight for our very existence.
3: Sergeant Taylor. We are this close to winning the war. But the AI are developing a super weapon. Retrieve it. Oh, or they win. Come back to
0: you. Did you
3: locate the weapon?
2: Yeah, it's just a key.
3: Are you going to heaven?
2: No. you got to be a good person to go to heaven.
3: So,
1: we're the same. We can't go to heaven because you're not good.
0: And I'm not a person. Welcome, ye AI creations. Please give me a full diagnostic rundown of the servos in your skull. JJ. Oh,
2: controversial opinions coming forth, especially on AI.
0: <laughs> yeah, I
2: can't wait for this. Uh, Tommy Metz.
0: Hello, handsome. Hello, and beep and boop.
3: (laughs) Uh, May I get out first just a beep and a boop to both of you?
2: (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> a boob too. I doff my me, boob me. to you, sir. Uh, so, uh, look, we saw the creator. We just saw it. Did you see it just today, Tom, as we record this? Or was
3: it yesterday? I did. I saw it at 1230 today. So I'm coming in Social.
0: hot. Oh, so are we. Outstanding. So this is hot, very fresh opinions. And as we say, usually too late in the podcast, we are going to be spoiling the movie. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, consider ye spoiler horn. Uh, blown. Uh, let's let's just talk briefly about the creator. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give our little summary and then we can give our opening thoughts. The year, mm-hmm. dear friends, is 2065. L.A. is still glowing from the nuke an A.I. allegedly dropped a decade back. U.S. undercover agent Josh Taylor lives in New Asia where robots aren't outlawed, but not for long. The military blows his cover and makes his pregnant wife go poof Copperfield style. Five years later, Josh is ordered (laughs) to find the AI overlord, Nirmada, and just maybe save his not-so-dead wife. But Nirmada's big bad weapon is a six-year-old girl, surprising no one. Josh goes rogue to protect the kid and track down his missing spouse, all leading to the shortest sliding doors of a family reunion in history. Robots 1, American (laughs) 0. Is that really what happened, though? (laughs) Or is that just the (laughs) description? It's all a simulation. Of what... (laughs) was yeah, intended. Yeah. That's a, we're, yeah, that might be what was intended. Okay, let's okay. Let, let's go into it. So uh, uh, let's let's open with the controversial opinions JJ opening thoughts. What did you think of uh, the creator?
2: Well, I so straight away I'll tell you I liked it actually, but I mm-hmm. think it's crazy and quite a bit of a mess. Um because just as you read with the story there, there is a story here and there are different twists and turns that seem to be indicated In the way that you described here. But I think that close watching, or even sort of some reading into, the behaviors of the characters slash actors of what we're seeing on screen could lead us to interpret this in many different ways. And I don't mean in a cool, like humanities, like what's the meaning of the film kind of way, kind of like a what's actually happening here on screen. Yeah, um, And I put a lot of that on John David Washington, you know, he played protagonist. It was really wonderful. Um, <laughs> we can talk <laughs> about that more, but I think a lot of the controversial opinions will be about AI, but trying to make sense of this movie might be pretty difficult in terms of character motivations and character, anything. Um, but that being said, I started off by saying I liked it because um, it, it didn't make me angry. It just made me confused. Uh,
0: Tom, you were the one going into this. You were the one who like, are you, when we were deciding what to do this month just a couple of days ago, because the movie we were going to do this month actually didn't open. You were the one who said, OK, I'll see this. Like it wasn't a resounding <laughs> right. like uh enthusiasm that you you met well, with this movie.
3: Having said that, I'm extremely glad that this movie exists. Oh, because anything big budgety like this that isn't about existing AI, <laughs> IP, I did it about existing IP, AI IP, um, is thrilling and you know, is be the window for that is rapidly closing all mm-hmm. around right. us. And so that's great. And for a while, I thought it was pitch perfect. Mm. I was like, oh, I am watching a masterpiece. Mm. And it was Garth is able to do something that almost no directors of his scope are able to do. We can talk about that later. And then as it kept going, it got messier and messier. And more and more crucial dialogue was delivered off camera. Never a good sign. You don't like that. Never a good (laughs) sign. That means things were put back together in post. And by the end of it, I found it to be extremely frustrating, but mainly because of the heights from where it fell. So I don't know exactly if that's fair to, to judge a movie harsher because it started so well. But no, by the end of it, I was I was done. Wow. But I'm glad I, I saw it. Yeah, I'm glad yeah, I saw it.
0: For sure. I went into this movie. I, I mean, when you when you look at, at the only reading I had done about the movie going into it was the what edwards had cited as his inspirations for this movie and i had seen the trailer so i knew it was an ai robot-y thing apocalypse now baraka blade runner akira rain man the hit et and paper moon like he he -hmm. dropped those movies no avatar and Chappie.
3: yeah no 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 no. children of god (laughs) No.
0: no right Children of Men. No, sorry. Uh, Children yeah, of Men, yes. Yeah. Uh, no, they weren't in there, but I also saw those movies yes, in there too, too, right? Clearly he was thinking about them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I find that either really promising, sitting down in the movie, or possibly pre-damming the film because he's he's mm-hmm. right, calling out some real greats. What I got in the first act, second act, I guess chapter, as they did those little chapter breaks, was really great in the beginning. And it felt a little bit like in the editing room There was somebody standing behind his editor and and Edwards and just like clapping. Come on, come on, let's go. Pick it up, Right. pick it up, pick it up. Because by the third act of this movie, it was a disaster of pacing. This was not like clever Christopher Nolan, let's play with time. This is we're in a rush to finish this thing. And so we're going to compress time in ways that make no sense to anyone. And I really Everyone can be anywhere at any time. Anywhere they want at any time. yep, 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 yep. And and this was the interesting thing. I we w- walked out with a, a friend of the show, Kurt Ziffer, and he was. He, we both agreed this was a movie that did end. I enjoyed the ending of the movie. I felt like the way the movie ended was satisfying. It's every. It's the Swiss cheese that got me there that is <laughs> troublesome. And somewhere, dear God, please let there be a three-hour director's cut of this movie that we get to see finished because this was unfinished. It is gorgeous. The motion capture, the whatever they did to make those robots work worked incredibly. I never Mm -hmm. questioned the gear stuff in their heads, nothing, but man, the, the pacing
2: was a disaster. So those were the cyborg robots. And I would actually send sort of some kudos to the non Half and half of oh, all the robots that yeah. had I loved them
3: the most amazing
2: yep. anthropomorphic mannerisms. I was yes. shocked at how human the non-humans were in this movie.
3: Totally. Is it possible that they just, and this isn't a joke, just put a green hood yeah. over their because I mean have. their bodies yep. were always in full outfits. Yep. So mm-hmm. they just he actually made steps forward by taking it way back. And instead of saying, if we don't show the whole body, we don't need to animate the whole body. And that's what doesn't work.
0: Well, and this was an interesting thing, right? Like when you talk about his test shoot for this, this is what he says about his test shoot. I took a camera in the 1970s anamorphic lens and we went location scouting in Vietnam, Cambodia, Japan, Indonesia, Thailand, and Nepal. Our whole plan was to go to the greatest locations in the world because the cost of a flight is way less than the cost of building a set. Yeah. We're going to hopscotch around the world and shoot this film, then layer in the science fiction on top of it. If our film is trying to achieve something visually, it is trying to feel real in terms of science fiction. To me, it lands. I love that. Yeah.
3: I thought it was very yeah. immersive. Yes. Yeah. Very so immersive. Why did they cut up the story like that?
2: Because it, exactly what you're talking about. You have that. The, the, I love your image of the someone saying, let's pick it up. Let's pick, because constantly everything was rushed in terms of the story. Yeah there was no development. And, you know, I was making the joke about John David Washington as protagonist because you kind of have this sort of non-character that serves as the lens, the window to what's happening in the story, but doesn't have any personal journey whatsoever. Is a, you know, moves with whatever story momentum is happening at that particular moment and is is some sort of machine of the story. I there right. is nothing for him in this movie, and I mean it's just I, I think it's ironic that in Tenet his name was Protagonist because that's he shows up here it's the same way.
0: Well, go, take a step back though, JJ. I mean, mm-hmm. and I, I find John David Washington incredibly charismatic on screen. Yeah, I really like him as an actor. But yeah. your point has he ever been playing anything other than John David Washington? No. Like, Can you think of a movie where you're like, my God, his performance was transformed.
2: Evidently not. Mm -mm. I mean, and that's the thing. I like the actor too. I didn't like this character though. There was, I didn't understand any motivation for this character whatsoever. There is an assumed self from the beginning about whether he is doing X thing as an undercover person or X thing as a rebel fighter. And it becomes the total recall of now I'm joining Quato. I mean, there there's, it, there really isn't any motivation for this character whatsoever. And that's pretty terrible, I think.
3: There was that one afternoon they spent walking on the beach for B-roll right. all day. <laughs> and, it, and he had, and he left it captured in his phone. Yeah,
2: I, yeah, I don't know.
0: It, 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 yeah, it was like the motion Polaroid. That was clever. I like that. Tom, did mm-hmm. you share? Do you share that opinion about JD Dubs?
3: <laughs> I am. I am unfortunately not a fan. Oh. Uh, I don't. Hmm. I don't really find him terribly magnetic. I. Some of it might be that I'm. He is such a voice facsimile of his father. Yeah. That I can't not compare the two. Oh, that first scene. Uh, that first he's... scene.
2: I literally thought it was his father. And yeah, I was yeah. like, what face did they put on his father for it?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I don't I think he's he's lacking a lot of subtlety or layers. It's pretty much I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm screaming, I'm crying. And those are the options. And you just sort of have to motivate between those two, move well, between those. That's kind of what I like about him though,
0: because he's like the he's like the fried tofu of the cast, like of every movie that he's in, <laughs> because he takes on the flavor of the movie around yeah, the him. Sauce, for me. The like, sauce better I, be pretty good. <laughs> yeah, right. Right totally. Right. And, and I think you get that in the first two acts of the movie. I like the way he does his the the amputee stuff. I like his his they have the fancy, fancy um, uh, appendages they give him. Um, I like the I like all of that. Like, I think he's I, I really enjoy just watching the way he moves in this film. And I, it just becomes. Such a circus of of cuts at the end that it's like you lose track of who's on screen and who's where. But I actually really liked the 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 beats, like the performative beats that we get with him when he the only time he smiles with uh, Gemma Chan in the in bed together before the, everything goes to hell, and then at the end when when uh, Alfie and and he are standing with the um, you know with the glass of the escape pod between them that moment i thought was very strong performatively like take all the sci-fi spaceship stuff out of it these are two people who discover each other each other's sort of truth and i see that on screen i thought that was a powerful moment so th- like those two moments in the film kind of tie their performance together it- it's a little bit unfortunate that he is Playing opposite this
2: little girl, who I, I really liked, like yeah. she just stole so much. Can, I I have some questions about the story here. I agree with you about the child actor, by the way. I was very impressed with yeah. the emotion. I believed the child actor yep. the entire time, which I think was wonderful. But I'm confused about the story about whether Alfie, the child, is the child of Joshua, John David Washington's character.
3: Is he sort father of or? It, it- In the way of she took like a digital scan of it, she she was able to make it. like uh, meaning meaning uh, Maya, mother Maratu Nimrado, (laughs) Squatterrapo Maya, Um, right Maya in. In the most loving relationship where they spend no time together because he's an undercover detective and she's making a <laughs> robot in the shed, and neither of them know anything's going on because all they do is meet on the beach we, we had our in their secrets. same outfits and spit around. We had our yeah. secrets was a line of the movie. But anyway, keep going. Yeah. All right, look, when I you guess, say it, it sounds so stupid, I but know. I really enjoyed it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, from what I could tell, she made the most that you can human of a robot okay. like they took what the what the baby was going to be and then she made it into a when, robot because she was pregnant for real mm-hmm. in the shed but be- off screen so
2: before she actually died as a pregnant person she had already copied the embryo it's very confusing Apparently. to me and the, and it's very and confusing. from a from us but-
0: she did that's the thing she didn't like we don't what we don't know is if is what happened in the five year intervening time where she was in a coma plugged into all the machines. What all of like what work had had she done that allowed them to carry on and actually make this thing. Right. Right. That's that's what filled in in, in my head was she got it started and it took on a life of its own and right. thereby made Alfie. Right. Which I think is great. And that's why they plugged her into a giant in, in a, into a giant like biodome with a TV because they didn't know what to do with her right. with mom gone. Exactly.
2: Because Nim, now you messed up <laughs> the name, Tom. The Nirmata um, didn't <laughs> leave instructions for how to run the world once yes. Nirmata Nim, created it. But the the thing that not even a which way do you put the batteries in? Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things that's interesting is this actually harkens back to Logan for me in a very kind of strange way, of that Hmm. in the in the Wolverine story, in that Logan story, there was no specific connection between Logan and the child other than through genetics. But Mm -hmm. the story was so well executed and so well delivered and so well written that by the end of it, we were comfortable accepting their parent-child relationship. And I think that could have been another level for this film to go that seems like it's right there that no one's talking about. And I agree with you, Pete, about that last scene. I think it was powerful and emotional. So why aren't we talking about the fact that these two beings are connected in some intimate way? Because
0: it was cut by that ed- the clapping right. editor. You're right. I really feel like that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I feel like what they tried to resuscitate was just barely enough story to get to the two hour 13 mark because the movie demanded to be three hours.
3: Well, did you notice the amount of editors? No. Three. Three editors. That's that lot. is a lot. Okay. That's, that's, bringing, that's generally shorthand for someone was brought in to yeah. save something that was floundering. Yeah, and for it one worse. reason or another, yeah. and I'm not saying the original was bad, but maybe some the studio just said no. It has to be yeah. two hours, fifteen minutes. That could be it, or I mean, there's there's as I said already the amount, the sheer amount of off camera dialogue as things become more and more and more important, and then dumber. Every- Where you're like, oh, was studio audiences really confused about what was going on in this scene? That was my question. Every
2: time I heard ADR, I was like, why did that audience member need to hear that? Because it almost seemed like (laughs) it was unneeded. It was unnecessary ADR most of the time, at least from my perspective. Someone needed it. I I
0: think the, the, the other piece to that is not just the ADR. A lot of the movie is a bit overwritten right even the words that are coming out of their mouths i i was having those questions I, I like stuff that she said alfie said to kind of explain how she feels about any given moment she was already performing well enough to show me how she felt about any given moment. I like the mystery behind her interaction with the other robots to the point where I didn't need her to say anything at all. The movie was at its best when she was restrained. It it allowed her to, when she did cry and show emotion, it was Deeply earned because you knew she must really be feeling something incredible and uh, and and so i
2: I was confused by a lot of what they didn't trust me to feel and this is the weird thing I think it 's almost as if the script was written without the trust and faith that they could find a child actor that could deliver that. True.
0: Because That's good it point. was
2: there. I think it, you make a great point in that, you know, when you're having those feelings, interactions with the Alfie character, you don't question what's happening. And maybe they didn't believe that they could get that from a child
0: actor. Uh, actor was uh, Madeline yeah. Yuna Voiles. Uh, name drop. Yep. Wonderful. Fantastic. Fantastic young talent. I thought she was great. Yeah. Uh, can, can we talk briefly about the, just the world? I want to celebrate something I really love.
3: So can we talk about how the science fiction world hit you? Yes. Please. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I still want to say that I teased. There's one thing that he does that other directors were not able to, that he lost control of. I just want to put that out there. I, is that People does that, that just, fit they're, here? They're, they're, they're calling in. The, the I know you're already getting those messages. In. Yeah, I hear yeah. it
0: on the ticker tape behind you. Yeah. Do you want to do that right now? Would you like to get that? Sure. I could. Just, it's just okay. one word, but That's it's good. the
3: thing that it's also the thing that was missing in almost every trailer I saw, which we talked about with the Marvels. We talked about Aquaman. There were a couple more. Um, he had restraint. He had restraint in the first like third of the movie uh where he could have thrown the camera around anywhere he could have done all those things that I accuse DC and Marvel of doing uh ever since Peter Jackson directed the hobbit I feel like <laughs> uh just let's let's film it all um and he really was very delicate about it in such a beautiful way and then yeah the the op the opening of like the old newsreel footage was outstanding it. perfect and how it seamlessly became from this is what we thought the future was oh wait we're in the future now it's still things look really cool um the way that they measured up and then his use it's it's who directed um district 19 Peter, district center jackson right no, no. It's like no. I think it's his protege uh, it's the same yeah. guy that did Chappie. that's why yeah yep. no, I,
2: thought, um, I thought all those
3: were projects. Neil Neil Blum uh, he they do the same thing, which is so rarely found in movies like this. They film during the daylight and use that to bolster the reality of the world. generally, like in Blade Runners, things like that, you hide in the shadows. But because he filmed so practically and, at, like you said, filmed in real places versus building CGI worlds, that it just yeah. was remarkably uh, realistic and immersive. Right well, away. and
0: I, I, I love that you brought up Neil Blomkamp because that District 9 has a very—it it really does Nine. have that feel uh, mm-hmm. for it, which was the, um, you know, again, shooting in the day. I never once questioned any of the, the technology as possibly not existing right it just it right. was it was beautiful i mean it just really well integrated
2: jj i'm sorry i interrupted no 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 that, that's exactly what i was going to say i mean it harkens back to that i i actually especially we talk about the non-human characters here and that reminded me so much of district nine i, I you know yeah. i was i was right there square in that world again in terms of the uh the rest of the of the tech though i mean
0: i i kind of lean on you tom because i know how you don't really truck in these movies did i mean did you find yourself enjoying the experience are there other movies that you think like when you're talking about district nine you're talking about blade runner do you like those movies that kind of science fiction
3: yeah because it feels very grounded it feels Mm -hmm. real it feels dirty they a lot of times when they make these movies they forget that not everything should be shiny uh that things these are Machines that this isn't in a lot of these movies, it's like the first time any of these machines, any of these guns, any of these outfits have ever been worn in the world of the film. And instead, these have been used like all these people, everything's kind of dirty and messy and scuffed up. And that really just adds to the vermilitude of it. (laughs) The only thing that I had, if there was trouble with some of these stuff, and this is when it was squarely getting more and more messy and repetitive the gigantic tanks. Yeah. That manage to there that one tank is the size of a football stadium and yet sneaks up behind half the cast. (laughs) They're like, "What? It's over there!" And it's like, "It's a blimp. It is a zeppelin behind them, crashing through everything." And they're like, "Yoink!" Yeah, they're just. That's what it just starts to be like. Oh, you're doing great. Don't. Whoever told you it needs to be bigger, bigger, bigger. Don't listen to them. You're doing great. You had restraint, and then, yeah. This takes me all the stuff about the the vietnam i mean it reminded i love that he said apocalypse now yeah because when they were like going to that first city i wanted to be like hey no fortune i was (laughs) waiting for the entire (laughs) forest gump soundtrack to start how about that radiohead
2: music cue and the first um the first planes coming down over over cover of night i lost my mind it was so well put there everything in its right place i just was like I was yep. so in. The first third of this movie, uh, you know, I think, Pete, you said it was pitch perfect. I think it was really. I was, oh, that's yeah. Tommy. There you go. But the, I mean, the thing here, like, I was fully on with everything at the mm-hmm. beginning. And then it just sort of unwound itself into a confusing sort of tangle by yeah. the end. Yeah.
0: I, the tank, I, uh, obviously, I think as a, as a counterpoint, I love the tanks. I thought the tanks were really fun Indeed. and <laughs> silly, but I think it's because I am, I'm already wired for giant tanks. I spent a lot of time talking about giant tank in Captain America, where we have Red Skull's giant, giant tank that is big as a house and right. Like it's like a four story building. So seeing that, that sleek, it was like an improvement over what Red Skull. I I just thought it looked cool crawling over the landscape. And, and so I'm wired for that kind of sci-fi. It is funny though, to me, like, coming back to the climax of the movie that it I guess a lot of the beats of the movie are, are tropey. They feel tropey. The bonding between the 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 mentor mentee relationship, the savior stuff we've got going on, and then eventually we've got to go to the mothership to unravel the you know the end of the movie. That that's when I started thinking, okay, we're really going to do another mothership trope. Like I'm kind of tired of going up to the to the mothership, and I get it. And they they used it not just sort of. Uh, you know in the narrative but they explained it uh, they explained around it in the form of like economics like we cannot build another one of these things i liked those those scenes where they were talking about just sort of the impracticality how the stakes are so high but if they don't want somebody shooting at it or trying to take it down they probably shouldn't be putting laser blue giant targets on everything (laughs) on the
3: planet that ship had the most Abandoned catwalks I've ever seen. <laughs> like everything is based on that one ship. And then she's just like, doo, 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 yep. doo, doo, doo. just running down. I mean, yeah, it was like. Put one guy with one gun outside that yeah. door. <laughs> like, it just seems like they spent so much money they forgot to, like, go on ZipRecruiter and, like, get a couple more people <laughs> to, like, man, the, the most important ship in the entire. Well, and
2: it's a confusing vessel altogether because it really was yeah. created for defense. But they're doing a lot of stuff up there that has really sort of nothing to do with that. I mean, there's a farm and... Yeah. There's trees. Yes. Yeah, there were not trees, but like lettuce There plants. sure yeah. weren't a lot of soldiers and a whole lot of other folks that needed to evacuate the moment that the thing was threatened.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was the whole administrative staff. <laughs> <laughs> and then they left behind four guys who immediately got on the wrong side of a door. Yeah. <laughs> that was sad. That was sad for them and their
0: families. All right. Yeah. Uh, but the... JJ, go ahead.
2: Well, I was, I mean, I have a whole bunch of whys from the third, from the last third of the film. I mean, what was the reason why Joshua was walking over to one of the missiles? Like, we had a little bit of a countdown for him to go to one of the missiles that he needed Alfie to shut down, but he was actually going to be on a missile
3: that was going to drop. Was a little confusing because he had already, like, placed the bomb. Exactly. It would have made sense if he had to go right. there to that specific part to place yes. the bomb, but the bomb was sort of already set up. And also, the war is over. Those bombs can destroy Nomad and those enormous st- uh, stadium-sized tanks. Right. Those bombs are what you need. Right. <laughs> you don't need all these other things. Exactly. Wait,
0: wait a minute. Wait a minute. I need you to uh, curse of recency. Did he have...
2: Where did he place the bomb? It was his explosive? It was on an explosive, but he just then kept going. And like he didn't I mean, he was about to be dropped. It was very confusing. Right. And so what I thought was he was getting on. He was getting
0: on a bomb to put his explosive on it. to, And then it started moving like beyond his control. Hmm. Like he was hanging on and he was like, oh, God, now it's moving. I should not be here. Oh, Maybe that was it. I thought it was an accidental I place, remember
3: more feeling like this is a fake yes, ticking clock. That's point. how it felt to me. Is was me. the oh, takeaway okay, that I yeah, got I didn't
0: get that. It. I really yeah. thought he was like he, he had screwed up mm-hmm. and that was the ticking clock, that his motivation was just to plant the bomb on something, uh, a bigger bomb, and he didn't expect it to start moving the way it did. There were a lot of ticking clocks in this movie
2: that <laughs> yeah. will turn off and turn back on as necessary for it, what the thing to happen in the plot for sure yeah can we talk
0: please about <gasps> cj craig
3: oh alice jetty <laughs> she can do no wrong i really liked her in this role i thought it was fun it's not a great role it's not a it's great not role. terribly i didn't weird. know that
2: tanya harding's mom was like a soldier yeah
3: badass
0: <laughs> yeah like i'm scared of her but she had one tear that one time in that plane one time when they were flying mm-hmm. she had one tear that one time Two times. that was i thought that was actually a great moment i'm with you i like alice janney a lot it was really fun to see her in this particular role that she is a badass uh i also liked ralph innocent uh, as her his as her tweedle dumb um he I, I think I, I think it was him. He was on the British office and I, he is just a generally funny mm-hmm. guy. And uh, he was an, he's
3: the father in the Vivitch, the witch. Mm, mm. Yeah,
0: that's right. That's right. Yep. That's right. He's I I think he's fantastic. It was such a surprise to see the two of them, um, you know, show up together. And I love that they put Jannie in the field like she was the one that was on the hunt and not staying on the ship to kind of administer things. Yeah. I thought that was really yeah. delightful. I think
2: she's great. Uh, Gemma Chan. Gemma I actually liked in this movie. I am such a hater of the Eternals. That's the, you know, the last thing that I really saw her oh. in. But um, I, I actually liked her. I felt like her performance was relatively subtle in this movie, which was nice for her role there. Um, I was very confused by the character and if the character was real. And when they yeah. then infused the part of like, being able to sell your likeness and having fake Mayas all over the world. It was very confusing to see what that meant to what was really happening in the story for, again, for Joshua, for the protagonist. He -hmm. was on a quest to find her, but it was very confusing about what their relationship was or what was real and what was not.
3: And the, even though the likeness, we saw ads about the likeness and a pretty protracted ad on the side of a building off camera. Uh we had his army buddy re explained it mm-hmm. to him. Yes. Yeah. About where the why, because he says off camera, I think I saw Maya on the subway. He doesn't say I saw three of them. He just says I had the Maya on the subway. And then the guy re-explains it again for who and why. Unnecessarily.
0: Yeah. That was that's another great example because that isn't even some of that's not even off camera. Like they intentionally didn't trust me to get the placement of the ad and the placement of three Mayas in a row on the same bus to understand <laughs> what was going on. Like that is uh that's just shoveling. And um mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I didn't care for it. Which is
3: just, yeah, just, I'm at risk of just reiterating something that I said before, but one of the reasons I'm being so snarky and so hard on it is it had so much going for it, and it was right, and then it goes off the rails. If you spend that much amount of care and vision in world building, and you can't just knock out the first version of a script that makes sense that you don't need to retcon completely in post, it's just so frustrating. Yeah. I know it's hard. It's incredibly hard. And I don't know, I bet the studio, the pressure of the fact that this isn't existent IP, I bet there was an enormous amount of pressure from the studio uh, on him. But still, it feels like they started shooting before the script was done. Yeah. And that's just just so disappointing. And then
2: this, so this would be, I guess, philosophically the polar opposite to something like Ex Machina. In terms of AI and where AI is going, I think that this statement about AI and the statement about life and creation that's being made here is uh, is a little bit polar opposite to the alarmists that are out there in the world right now talking about being afraid of AI. Um, And Mm -hmm, it's interesting to kind of take a look at this. But the the idea is I would like it to be less. I'll use your word there, Pete. Um, And something that is profound in what AI can mean, because what this feels like is like just banging a drum on the other side to create some balance in a world that's very Mm -hmm. alarmed about AI today.
0: You mentioned the point about having multiple editors, and I'm wondering, uh, I, I want to get back to that point, but just while it's on the brain, multiple editors, multiple cinematographers. We've got two cinematographers on on deck here, and I thought that was interesting, too. Uh, we've got Oren mm. Sofer and uh, Greg Fraser. Do you know about these guys? Do they normally work together? They are credited on uh, some similar stuff.
3: Um that is surprising. Usually it would be like an A team, B team, C team, not both credited as number one.
0: Yeah, which I thought was interesting. And Greg Fraser is is behind Dune and has done a, some episodes of The Mandalorian and uh, The Batman. And uh, that was the one Fraser did immediately before this. And um, let's see, Vice Uh Mary Magdalene, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. So clearly a, um, you know a Gareth Camp person. A uh, Foxcatcher uh, is is on Fraser's. Oh, I love Foxcatcher. Catalog Catcher. right. Uh, so, um, the, uh, in in terms of uh, Oren Soffer is not the same kind of some, list. Uh, some other things. Yeah, not the same kind of list. I haven't seen. Uh, um, I'd like to say I've seen some, and I can't yet as I scroll.
3: Maybe one was more in charge, kind of like the Cohen brothers, one is in charge of production and one is in charge of acting. Maybe. Uh, that maybe one was in charge, because like with Dune and stuff, really good at knowing where to put the film in order to make the entire world feel like one thing. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is good at uh, emotion.
0: Yeah. Interesting. I thought that was interesting because it does like, did you notice uh, a particular sort of divergence in the way the thing was shot?
2: Well, he did shoot a short in 2016 called Uncle Gareth. I don't know if it's connected, but. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) No, Oh, a Nepo baby. (laughs) I'm just saying that that is true. It's in his IMDb list, but you know. Um, Yeah, no, I think that's a possibility here. He definitely has a much smaller and I mean, he has, a lot of credits, but he has a. They're much smaller films that are in the list here yeah. for for Orin. I
0: did generally uh, really love the way this was shot. I I, I felt mm-hmm. like the the way they they shot for, um, you know, for depth for. Uh, emotion in landscape and then layer the, the science fiction on top of it. I I mean, the the shots in this movie can beautifully exist without the sci-fi. And I think that's a really, that's a, Mm. to me, that means a lot. Like that means it's well done. Um, And so that was, that was great. I, I want to get back to the uh, to your point about the message of the movie. It uh, it is. I love 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 roll around and wash it all over my face. That the thing is actually saying, "Hey, you know what? AI wants to live together. We just want to live in peace." That's the message of the movie. Don't fear the future. Yes,
3: right. And then the big yeah, it was actually a human error. Yeah. Again, that explanation is largely brought off screen. But it does cut to him at the end of the sentence where he says that it was a coding error yeah. uh, that led to the uh, nuclear bomb.
0: You think nobody would know uh, I, what coding error is? That's why they had yeah, to say human know. error.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I would have liked for have that to have really been a cool mystery to uncover. As a, yeah, I, I'm more interested in that versus it just sort of being told by someone. And if Ken Watanabe knows that no one else knows this. Yeah. No one else is able to tell the news. Hey, everybody was coding here. Whatever, <laughs> uh, bygones. But I was. I would be really interested in that because then that gets more about the AI thing. We have made this villain, but it was actually us the whole time, yeah. and not us because we created AI. We then blamed our own mistake on AI. That's interesting. That's personally more interesting to me than a child that can turn on a toaster. Uh, again, she was wonderful. I just mean some of the. I would have liked that reveal to have not just sort of been thrown... Off the side of a right. Bridge. We have seen the devil, and the devil is us, right? Like that's right. that's one of those things. But
2: but Tom, that was a G story. We just didn't have time to get there. Well <laughs> objectively, it's a G story, but it's also the title story. I mean, they, <laughs> right. they call it right. the creator, and we create AI. So yeah. this is regardless of what has happened, the the breath of life that creates the differentiator between what we think is life versus what is on and off is something that is not clear here and someone has Mm -hmm. that thought about this movie unfortunately that is not the bulk of the story that is here
0: right the gareth thing before before we let that go i mean we were talking about the how he was looking to do the test shots and then just jump around from country to country did you guys see monsters Uh, this is another movie you're talking about Another no. Edwards. Oh, movie I thought you were like. Did you see the monsters in the movie? You guys. There was like a hippo, but you I was not, not paying a hippo, attention because man, it was totally right there.
3: <laughs> no monsters. I don't know what that is. Are you saying Monsters Inc. <laughs> <laughs>
0: 2010, uh, Gareth Edwards, and this is, It feels very much like that was a prototype for how he shot this movie, mm. which was he didn't have any money, and so he drove around and shot a bunch of story, and then layered in a bunch of the effects, which he apparently did in his garage. Right. He's he is. Wow. Uh, it, Incredibly adept at at uh, you know shoestring effects movies. Like he's just one of those guys, and I think that was uh, uh, i think that's on the mark right here. Is is you know you see that movie, you see how he gets to the creator, and I think it's it's just worth noting. Pretty cool. Garage. The connection between those two things. Yeah, right. <laughs> His garage is nomad. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right. When you talk about Zimmer, this is a real Zim. Zimfest. I think the music is fantastic. I mean, I think they, they, they lean on the Clair de Lune a bit, but I love it. So I always sit there and, and present for it, um, which is nice. Yep. Uh, but I Zimmer is one of my favorites because mm-hmm. um, it's consistently emotional without getting in the way. Um, mm-hmm. And I've always loved his stuff uh, for as long as I can remember.
3: And even more than the score, I liked the music, the anachronistic yeah. and rebuilding of... Yeah songs that we kind of know, but to different extent. It's what's being done in so many trailers has been for the last like eight years of taking a pop song and flipping it on its head or doing the Citizens, Citizens United? No, that's the name of the government bill. <laughs> it's it's whatever. There's this group that no one knows who's made it made up of it. Uh, it's like the gorillas. They're all secret, uh, but they just take pop things and really slow them down to make them into horror. The gorillas
2: movies. are not secret, huh. but, um,
3: <laughs> <laughs> but they were for a little bit, right. Or they don't, pref- aren't they cartoon men? <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But the people
2: who, yeah. Anyway. So by the way, no, I, okay. I agree with you. And the thing that I don't understand, Tom, is that's done so well in the Marvel's trailer with intergalactic. I'm surprised you don't like
3: that. Oh, I liked that. Yeah, no, I, I did like that. that. But then, but the visuals were so ah, I love it. <laughs> okay. Anyways.
0: Uh, I, so we did a, um, uh, Andy did a wonderful interview with, uh, Deborah L. Scott from Movies We Like, mm. um, who's a costume designer and did stuff like, uh, what you do, Avatar and, uh, like uh, big stuff. And she talks about, uh, you know, how hard it is to do costumes and how precise you have to be for costumes for 3G or for uh, CG characters. And I want to mm. shout that out. I mean, to your point about, did they just put green hoods on- humans and let them run around in costumes. Whatever the case, this is a movie with a lot of costuming work, and uh, mm-hmm. I thought they were really great at dressing robots in a way that felt uh, really authentic. And natural costume design, Jeremy Hannah. Hats off, Jer. You did a bang-up hey, job. It was really, really good. So... Uh, And and maybe my favorite robot was the one that was the robot trash can bomb that said, it has been a pleasure (laughs) serving (laughs) you, and then ran off in its little (laughs) leg warmers (laughs) and blew up a bridge.
3: He was adorable. Yeah.
0: What were you going to say, Tom?
3: I I only, uh, I have complained about how robots don't need belts or pants and stuff like that in the past in order to think this. There was only one thing that annoyed me in this one as far as that's concerned. What I'm talking about, JG, is like an avatar, how the robot takes a gun out of a holster. You don't need a holster, you don't have pants. Anyways, the um was Ken Wantanabe's main robot friend whose mouth moved when he yeah. talked. You don't like an It's not a thing. You don't need to <laughs> But you that. didn't like that. Okay, no, so I here's it. the thing. Here's you don't thing. need the that. The do why I, I liked it. that. They
2: don't, ha- they don't have love. No, but that's the point. The reason why I liked that in this more, movie is the sort of philosophical thing that they're having about AI becoming closer to humanity mm-hmm. or closer to So being. at what point? So that's why I like it here. I oh, usually agree that's with you, point. but that, I feel like, is the point, the philosophical
3: point of this film, that they're saying— That they keep blurring the lines between the two. How far— ex- ex- is until they're so much that they have a child now. Right. And this is right. This is
2: kind of Blade Runner 2049. This is like, sure. These wait, is it 20? Yeah, exactly. These, this is a a concept that's out there and I'm, I'm happy with the way that they did it in that respect. But usually I agree with you. I mean, we talk about Ultron in the Marvel cinematic universe and you know, how he used human, human mannerisms as well. This, this one felt right to me though. I'll tell you that. It felt right because they that's told the good. story
0: in the montage in the beginning, right? That is the whole arc of all the robots we see in the first 90 seconds. They start as robots on an assembly line with no mouths at all, and they end as complete humanoids, even though they have holes in their necks. But they have faces and lips and mouths, and that's why Watanabe's buddy felt like a, a, a data point on that Right, arc. a bridge. Right, a bridge, yeah. and, and that maybe they were trying to get there. It's a good point.
3: Him. I completely yeah. capitulate. I hadn't thought about it that way. Well, at all. and
2: they—I was blinded by my own <laughs> robot <laughs> Well, and in the complicating <laughs> incident to get Joshua in the back in the fray, you know, Alison Janney brings up the Neanderthal story and the thing about evolution. And you know, in looking at AI and looking at creation and what we're doing right now, we are evolving as it as reality here. And the thing is, is I love the concept of seeing the different points of evolution towards life, I guess, is what you'd say in terms of that. So I, I understand why you normally wouldn't like that, Tom, but in, in the service of this story, I very much enjoyed it. You're that. right.
3: There was a lot of that in AI too. Spielberg's AI that yes. he took over when you saw like really, when you went to the robot junkyard and you saw all the different iterations of robots, that was- Right. That's maybe just- I it hammered into me just like that. Right. It's version control. That's exactly right. it. Wow. That's exactly what it was.
0: Uh, were you swayed at all in terms of our final thoughts? Were you swayed that AI has a future in, in your life? When will you get your AI dishwashing robot?
2: Dishwashing robot, like Jetson style?
0: No, it's the first thing Um, thing that
2: you want to to solve, the first thing you want to replace. Well, and, and this kind of goes into what I was saying in my intro in terms of the controversial opinions. I am, and the reason it's kind of a nice segue from us talking about this Neanderthal thing is that, you know, I really kind of am open to the concept of AI just being the next evolution of life for us. And that really like labeling us as just, A.I. meet computers is kind of how I feel <laughs> as we look at this. So right. in terms of swaying, when I when I look at the morality or the ethics in play in this movie, um, the the side that I'm firmly on is to op- be open and allow life to flourish. And I don't want to kill it. So I'm open to it that way. So maybe I was swayed because I believe in the child. <laughs> I, I, it sounds like you didn't actually
0: need to be swayed. You
3: were already, you went in. Beautiful film. A, a straight helps. up booster. Right. Tom, final thoughts? Nope. Too, too scared. I have an EMP around my neck at all times. <laughs> I'm always ready. I'm always ready to power everybody down, starting with my kitchen. I don't like it. Too scared. You know. I, tr- I, I don't trust things coming from humans. I don't trust humans. That's the problem it's not that I don't trust the robots. I don't trust the humans that made the robots, because if they act like humans, we don't have a great track record sometimes.
2: Yeah. And that's that's all they have to act like. That's the thing. There are no other examples.
0: I, uh, I, for one, I went in with very high hopes for this movie and the third act dashed some of them, but not enough to make me not really, really have enjoyed my experience. I think it, it was, as much as it was straight across the bow with a few tropes, so much about what makes these movies good is how, how clever they are and actually delivering the old standards, right? They're, they aren't old standards for nothing. So uh, we were going to get right back to our reviews of these things first. Some housekeeping. Join our online community with fellow movie lovers in the Next True in the True Story FM Discord server. You can join for free right at the nextreel.com slash discord. If you like what we're doing, why not become a supporting member? Visit the slash membership. Sign up, get a few bucks for a few bucks a month. You will get early access to uh early access to all the shows that we do. They come out sometimes hours before, sometimes weeks, weeks before. And for most of our shows, you can join us and watch along in the live stream. We'd love to have you there to learn about benefits members only discord channels live streams and more thenextreel.com slash membership letterbox answer <laughs> you're doing so good you guys are doing so great true story fm's family film podcasts are all part of the next reels hq page letterboxd is a great way to track the movies you see write your own reviews and be a part of a larger community of film lovers like yourself sign up for your own account today and if you upgrade to pro or patron You can use the discount code NEXTREEL at checkout. You'll save 20%. This works for renewals as well. All right. Out of five stars. Half stars apparently count, unless you're me. Pete, no half stars, right? (laughs) Tell me what you think of this movie. Five stars, JJ.
2: I gave it a three, and I think you know if you listen back to this podcast, you're going to hear us with a lot of complaints. And I think the kind of thing that I would say, based on what we're talking about, is that I think we had such high hopes for it, in that there were so many wonderful things about it. It's a, it's a, it's a movie that I wanted to be a five, but my frustrations brought it down to a three. So I'm there. It's definitely on the positive side of everything, but I'm, I'm a heart. And a three because it's good and it, but it's fast and it's messy. Okay. Three stars in the heart. Tommy.
3: I like what JJ said. So just put my voice over his using AI and have me say exactly what he said. Yeah. Uh, Because yeah, I was for a while, I was thrilled that I found, maybe I found my star Wars. Maybe I found my Star Trek and then it all went away, but it was worth it being there. And I'm so excited. I really hope it does. Well, it seems like it's going to be what duking it out with saw and paw patrol. I don't know what's <laughs> out right now, but either way, I Rider hope Strike. people, even though it needs more love, I hope people do recognize it for what it is and how rare it is to have something like you, this. So you could just
2: isolate part it three. You could isolate it and go same noun.
3: what he said (laughs) yes beep boop ditto
2: okay done
0: i it worries me a little bit just looking at uh so far opening weekend uh worldwide 5.6 million i i that seems low to me that's it seems like this movie's getting kicked around a bit for a movie this big um and and i think people should see it is what i think there's
2: no promotion on it i'm just going to say that I mean, pretty little the boys telling brought my 11 and 14 year old to the movie tonight today. And both of them said, where did this come from? How do we not know about this movie? There's nothing yeah. talking about this movie coming out this weekend. So I and being that it's a three, it's not the kind of thing that's going to get a whole lot of legs going. You should go see this, too. So it's unfortunate that it's a little bit of a, a, a above league movie that doesn't have a whole lot of promotion behind it to get it some butts and seats.
0: Paw Patrol for reference is six point eight million, and Saw <laughs> yeah. Ten is eight million on the weekend daily so far. Doesn't surprise me. It's not. Uh, it's not great. Uh, the latest weekend for the Equalizer Three was four point eight million, cruising in on this movie's opening weekend. I I <laughs> love those Equalizer movies, so that doesn't
2: surprise me. Oh yeah,
0: I think they're fantastic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I I'm gonna go ahead and do my part to try to give this movie legs i'm gonna give it four stars All right. to do wow and a heart i know i love it i have just upped our collective rating to 3.333 repeating that's how it works that's pretty exciting um and so uh i i think it's great i think people should watch it because it is a feat of a film even if this part of it the story in the third act the editing in the third act kind of falls apart it's still beautiful to look at Every single frame. I think it's a gorgeous, um, a fun science fiction movie. And I kind of I'm, I I love when movies like this come out that are, mm-hmm. you know, additional like add them to the list of, of my Blade Runners. You know, they just feel good. So I'm here for it. Four stars. Look at that. Uh, thanks, guys, for doing this. We had a pivot at the last minute. I really appreciate you hustling out there to see this movie. And next month? That's right. What are we doing next month? We have already decided, and I think it's big. It is big. What are we doing?
3: Paw Patrol! (laughs) Scorsese's Paw Patrol. (laughs) Martin
0: Scorsese's Paw Patrol. No, we are going to take on uh, Martin Scorsese's other uh, release next month, which is uh, the movie... I think this movie's been in the making for, like, 15 years. Mm. uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, and... uh, it, it's going to be in theaters. It's also an Apple uh, production. So I imagine as much as Scorsese is going to try and keep it in theaters as long as he can, it'll probably hit Apple pretty quick, mm. too. So um, anyhow, that's a big deal. Pillars of Flower Moon. Very excited to see that movie. Uh, the trailer reports that this is Leonardo DiCaprio's best performance of his career. Mm. That's what the trailer says. And if you Whoa. trust trailers like I do, you know you're in <laughs> yep. for a real ride. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Don't forget to join the online community with fellow movie lovers. Learn more at nextreel.com slash Discord. And again, hit up that membership program. TheNextReal.com slash membership really, really, really supports the, the shows that we create here. If you like any of the stuff that we do or have ever done, uh, a few bucks goes a long, long way. On behalf <laughs> oh. of Thomas Metz Third and Justin J.J. Yeager, and I'm Pete Wright, thanks, everybody, for hanging out. Meeting adjourned.
3: Can I do the Can I do the film, the film board, train leaving the station? Yes, yeah, of course. <laughs> oh no! I just knocked something over. That's it. That's the train it wasn't the you. No, it, was the it. Train. It.
0: it was the train
3: that knocked. It was the train.
0: Outstanding. Don't keep that in.
1: supposedly so much better than the movie.
0: We've also explored Stephen King epics like The Dark Tower and It, biopics like Damien Chazelle's First Man,
1: and sweeping sagas like Denis Villeneuve's take on Frank Herbert's Dune. And
0: don't forget Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon, based on David Graham's nonfiction book about the 1920s murders of the Osage Nation. I just finished the book, and it's fantastic.
1: It's always fascinating to look at the source material, and we often do as the book lovers we are. For those of you out there who love to do the same, head to thenextreel.com slash originals to find all of our past episodes and dive deeper into these adapted stories.
0: And it's not just stories. We've included things like the video games Uncharted and Detective Pikachu.
1: That's right. thenextreel.com slash originals is your one-stop shop for in-depth looks at the sources for cinematic adaptations that we have discussed. Every purchase you make supports the film board and The Next Reel's family of shows. So
0: what are you waiting for? Head to thenextreel.com slash originals and get your next read today.